Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined via Zoom this evening with some real talent for the first time on this podcast in quite some time. Friends of the pod, Scott Gers and Justin Hoppick. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? And you're filling in for Jay Till, and again, I'm excited to have you on, but uh, how are you guys doing this evening? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, as of right now, we got power, we got heat. We got water, so I mean, I can't complain right now. I mean, it's just an especially great company to be with you guys here for hopefully the next hour. So, uh, looking outside, can't really see a whole lot other than snow coming down. So, we're uh, we're bunkered in and, and ready to rock and roll. Hop, what about you, bud? Uh, I got to be honest, I'm I'm a little cranky. I'm a little uh, cabin feverish. You know, I haven't been able to get out on the golf course for the past uh, ten days, um, and uh, you know, everybody's battling the weather right now. Scott, I, I'm definitely excited to be here. Don't, don't want don't want to <laughs> deny that, but uh, I'll, I'll try not to be too uh, too down on everything. Well, we'll get you fired up, man. We'll get you out of that funk, man. We're going to talk about a, a lot of fun stuff from a golf standpoint. Uh, our man, Jay Till, down in Florida, enjoying the good weather down there. He's on assignment is what he's saying. So I, I don't know if we're, you know, sounds like a boondoggle to me. But he'll check in via some uh, 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 call-ins and some recordings that he sent us earlier with uh, his plans on what's going on down at Winter Park. Uh, and obviously, we'll recap what's going on the PGA Tour as well. But yeah, you're, you guys are right. Just some brutal cold here. Some winter conditions that we just haven't seen in Oklahoma in quite some time. So I thought about changing the intro music to a winter wonderland but i don't know if i could get the uh, uh the, the copyright or the license cleared on that so so we'll, we'll stick with what we got but before we get into it boys as always we've got to show some love to our sponsor in our favorite sports bar and of course that is chalk sports bar so everybody knows about chalk right chisholm creek plaza 1324 west memorial road you can follow ben chad and the entire chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at ChalkOKC. But obviously, we're in the midst of our Eat More Chalk, Play More Golf uh, contest giveaway. Now, obviously, as, as you guys mentioned, it's been a tough week to get out and play golf. But once the weather gets nicer, and I've seen next uh, next week, middle of next week, it's going to be 60 degrees again, boys. So we're going to be out Heck on the yeah. golf course soon enough. But go out, play a round of golf. Bring in your scorecard, right? YSO Pod, Sports Pros Network, something to let your server know that you are a friend of the pod. You'll get half off your burger or sandwich, and you'll be entered into a drawing for a table for four in a $200 gift card to Chalk for Masters Sunday. So you'll be able to get the best seat in the house for the Masters uh, on that Sunday afternoon, and uh, we're going to make it happen uh, with uh, the YSO Pod, but always the favorite, that's Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Well, boys, let's jump right into it. And, and obviously, we got to recap what happened over the weekend. Pebble Beach, want to get your thoughts on it, but obviously, uh, we're going to start at the top. Daniel Berger, 18 under. He eagles the 18th to win this thing. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you here, bud. Your thoughts on Pebble Beach and, in particular, Daniel Berger's performance. And I guess we've got to give some credit to our man, Jay Till, right? A little bit. I'm, I'm, I'll let you handle that. Um, uh <laughs> Man, I tell you what, dude, I was locked in from the get-go on Thursday. I thought this was just great golf all the way around all weekend. Obviously, rooted rooting hard for my boy Jordan Spieth to get that W, you know, and, and just playing off the week before and then coming in here, he's firing hot. He's, he's making, you know, shots that are 150, 160 yards out, just, you know, just dialed in. And then Berger, he goes off there, especially on Sunday. Um, I, I was all about it. I loved the whole weekend. 
the one thing, the one thing that bug is bugging me about, especially with Berger, his when he lines up the putt, yes, it drives me nuts. Am I? I just want to make sure I'm not the only one. It I have, I have it in my notes. I was going to bring it up too, Scotty. I'm with it's, you. It's the greatest pump fake I've ever seen in my entire life. I'll give him credit on that. But I'm like, holy, what, 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 what just happened? Like, I, I keep thinking like he accidentally hit his ball. Like, I'm, I was going crazy uh, all week. I mean, he had me Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever it was going on. Like, he was faking me out all week. So. That's the only other thing. Other than that, it was awesome golf. It was. I, I think we're going to have to re- come back to that later in the pod because <laughs> that's definitely a completely different discussion about about uh, pace of play, lining up putts, you know, <laughs> what the caddy's doing within the rules because, you know, the caddy's getting behind him and, and telling him whether he's, his line that he set down is lined up with where he yeah. wants him to hit it. And then gets out of the way, and then he starts his putting routine over again. <laughs> um, it's usually, you know, you usually only see that on the LPGA tour. Um, I don't know what they can do to to speed that up, um, getting rid of the line on the ball or what. But um, that's uh, it, it's that that was the one little bit that was harder to watch than normal. Yes. Well, well, Hop, you know, your, your general impressions of the overall tournament, right? So, obviously, we know about Pebble Beach, one of the most iconic golf courses in certainly, if not the country, uh, definitely the world, right? But, you know, yep. your thoughts on it. We, we had some unobstructed views given that there weren't any fans there. Obviously, didn't have the amateurs this year as well, but may have, may have made for a better watch on television, though, right? I 100% agree with you, bud. Um, yeah, it's uh, – it, could be a combination of, of the weather as well <laughs> here in Oklahoma. We weren't able to get out and play uh, Thursday through Sunday. So I was locked in like Scotty was as well. Um, and it felt like uh, it was more enjoyable to watch because we weren't, ha- you know, we already see so few of shots in between commercials and stuff like that. And so not having to watch the, the amateurs and, and Bill Murray run around and jump in yes. bunkers and stuff like that. Um you know, it, it, it allowed the drama to unfold that was Sunday, you know, with Mav hitting the amazing shot on 18 and club twirling and, and uh, you know, Berger hitting the, you know, his three-wood 253 on 18 was, you know, flagging that. Was, uh, you know, it made the, for me, uh, probably a, maybe a little more hardcore golf watcher than, than the average fan. I found it more enjoyable um, than, than if they had the AMs. No doubt. I, I do want to say that I think the AMs would be great. I didn't miss the celebrities at all. Um, you know, I, I feel for those AM guys that don't get to play, just kind of like the minor league baseball guys. I feel for those guys not getting yeah. to play in special places like that. But uh, overall, again, like you said, man, it's just it was awesome to see the camera angles that we got. Um, and, and some of the, you know, some of the golf, at the, you know, like you said, Mavs uh, shot on 18, uh, Burgers Eagle on 18, and then like on Saturday, Max Homa birdieing every single par three. That yeah. was that was really cool to watch. And I, I'm a huge uh, Max Homa fan as well. But like, just you know, you look at that this that leaderboard, that score, you know, the scorecards of everything, like the top 15 guys. Like, that's pretty fun names. Like, to, yeah. you know, there's there's characters, there's guys that just you know play the game the right way. There's you know there's new guys coming in all of a sudden triangle, you know, you got to see Nate Lashley start smashing down the green. You know, no doubt. I mean, there was a lot of fun stuff going on where you're like, man, this is, this is, this is awesome. This is, we got to see that because they they weren't, yeah, they weren't showing the AM. So they got to focus on more players in Absolutely. 
and we Absolutely. got to see Max making more putts. So, you know, I would, you know, next year it would be awesome if they had the AMs wrap up on Saturday. And yeah, so no that their, their tournament ended on Saturday and the, the guys in contention, they, they don't have to wait for them to hack it around while they're trying to, to keep up with pace of play and focus on their game and, and win the tournament. Um, stick, stick them over on Saturday on Spyglass and then yeah. have these guys play Pebble. Yeah, 100%. I, I think that'd be a great idea. I don't know I don't know if you felt this, but I, I watched a lot of Max as well. And I'm sure there's probably 10 to 15 guys that could say this, but Max could have won that tournament so easily. No doubt. I'm right there with you. So many short putts um, and just like bonehead, I felt like mental errors because um, he, was, he, he was really controlling his irons around there, I think. Yep. Well, speaking of a guy that missed putts, you guys used touched on it there, <laughs> Nate Nate Lashley. I, I got to get your thoughts on this because we've all been there, right? So you you don't necessarily <laughs> exactly see it on you don't, yeah you don't <laughs> see it on tour very often anymore. But a four banger, a four putt for it. I think it ended up being a double bogey or triple bogey. I can't can't remember now, but uh, you got to feel for the guy. Obviously, he was in contention, and and you yeah. could tell you could just tell that he hadn't been in contention in this type of environment in the past, and it kind of caught up to him, right? You you talked about the emotions, you know, kind of damaging the green there as he's 16 or 17 I can't remember which hole it was now but you know thoughts on that and, and again I felt bad for the guy I know a lot of people like to watch these train wrecks from a golf standpoint you think about you know the U.S. Open or, or maybe in the Open Championship whenever the wind and the weather gets really bad and you know guys are shooting 81s 82s 85s or something like that I, I'm not necessarily a fan of the train wreck but but he made for compelling television on Sunday afternoon that's for sure right yeah so I I, I struggled with when I saw him slam his club after the approach shot that missed the green, that's when you knew that he was mentally going to struggle up around the green. He'd already elevated his, his, you know, emotions to where he was not thinking positively. He wasn't able to get out of his head and, and hit the next shot. He, you know, and I think that comes with experience. Um, you know, that's something really, really hard to do is to forget that last shot, not let your emotions get too high. Um, and I really think he lost his focus. Um, and that's, that's why you saw the four putt, those greens, they're a little bumpy, especially later in the day. Um, it's easy for that to happen. Uh, but for a four putt, I got to feel like that, that was, uh, that was a mental thing. It, it, it didn't look like he made bad strokes. Um, it looked like he really just lost his focus. I totally agree. I, I just think he, you know, like you said, the approach shot, um, I feel like he just started playing the leaderboard, kind of like where we play the I'm on number 15, and if I get a 4-4 four, four, and a 3 here, I, I can break 80, you know, and you start thinking about that. He started thinking about the leaderboard um, and just mentally just fried himself. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think he was taking, you know, bad strokes, but I do think he was rushing. And definitely not 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 in it, not in the moment is what I would call it with these – you know, pro guys that you can just see them like staring down the fairway or staring down a putt. They're in the moment. They can feel everything. And I, I don't, I think he was completely out of that. And I feel for him, man. It, he was right there and I, I feel bad for him. I've been um, a life changer for him. Yeah. But I, I hope, I hope he bounces back. I, I'll root for him, you know, and um, I, I hope he bounces back and he, and he plays well from this point forward. You know, he still made some money, but you know, yeah. he, he makes yeah. that, if he makes if, that, fun. if you can feel sorry for a guy that plays <laughs> professional golf on the PGA Tour for, but a I'm willing, you know, that's probably a half a million dollar 
four strokes or you know the four putts like i'm sure somebody tweeted out that somewhere but i you know, I, I, I i missed it i didn't see it but yeah he he lost a chunk of money on that four putt yeah, he but. still he still he still took home a cool three hundred k. So so not a, not a bad weekend playing yeah, Pebble I Beach and, and feel bad for him, but I get what you're saying. Uh, well, now another guy, you, you know, Scott, you said mentioned about being in the moment. A guy that was certainly in the moment on Thursday and Friday at least, Jordan Spieth. Now he seems to be on the verge of some sort of renaissance here, guys. So obviously, you know, we're we're well versed with the the tremendous amount of success that he had at such a young age, and then kind of went into the the wilderness, so to speak, trying to find his game. Seems like he's rounding back in the form, but he's not quite there yet. Hasn't been able to put it together on Sunday the last couple of weeks, right? He was in contention at the waste management uh, the week yeah. before as well. But but Hop, I'll start with you this time. You know, your thoughts on Spieth, and you know, we're not that far away from the TPC and we're, we're not that far away from the masters. Could he be in contention for one of those tournaments here in the next six, eight weeks? Yeah, it's, it, you know, it feels like speed can win the masters with his C game, right? Just because his short game is so good. Um, and he, and he's so smart. Uh, but it's golf is so finicky and getting to that top level is, is, is such a fine line and having that confidence. Um, I, I, you know, doing it two weeks in a row, I think is, is awesome. We're obviously trending in the right direction. Um, it's hard to say when the, I feel like if, you know, when he, when he's been, you know, for his standard poor for so long, the past three and a half years, really, um, to say, to completely say, Hey, Jordan's back, watch out for him at the masters. I don't know if I'm going to be putting any money on him, but it sure is fun to watch. And that's something that I took away after watching Berger make that eagle putt, is I may not be the biggest Jordan Spieth fan per se, but I love watching him play golf. It's fun because he's he's showing his emotions. You're getting to see him fist pump and chest bumping with his caddy, talking with his cat. He's smiling. Berger, when he made the eagle putt, he didn't even smile. He didn't no. smile in the interviews. He would just, you know, kind of, you know, talked about how satisfying it was, you know, all the hard work paid off and everything, but he, you know, was kind of that robot mentality, which I understand you have to have, but that's what helps separate Jordan and makes him for me so much fun to watch is seeing him and and hearing him talk with Greller and, and, and them getting into it. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed having him back. And I think a lot of people did as well. Yeah. Here's, here's my thing. Here's my take on Jordan Spieth is, you know, you watch him th- during that uh, waste management and people weren't really sure what the heck was going on. I mean, he was all over the place and he was scrambling and grinding, trying to pull that out. Right. Yeah. Whereas at Pebble, man, he was hitting shots. His drives were right down the fairway. He was putting the approaches where he was wanting them. You know, he was dunking balls left and right. I mean, you were just, <laughs> I mean, out. you just, you can't, you, you can't spray the ball at Pebble and, and not get the right. Exactly. It. And so like, I feel like he's making the right moves, right? So point. waste management, spraying it all over the place, trying to survive, yeah. put in somehow scored well. Went to Pebble. He's hitting the ball flush, right? You know, in the fairway where he wants it, doing things like you said, fist, you know, fist pumping and, and pointing it and, and, and high-fiving his caddy, showing emotion like he did when he was winning. Yeah. And so I'm thinking that confidence is coming back is where, yeah, yeah like you said, I'm not sure if I want to put money on him yet, but it's so fun to watch him right now mm-hmm. 
and, and, and kind of become the Jordan of old, even though he's only 27. <laughs> and so like, you know, it's just, it's an exciting time. It's what golf needs right now. Tiger's out and, you know, some of these other names. And then all of a sudden here comes Jordan coming back. This is awesome, man. Like, and, and I, I think he's going to win a tournament, whether it's the masters or not, he's going to win one here pretty so pretty soon. I, I feel like. Yeah. And I, he, I think he, that, but I, I'd say I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, and he does. He seems to have, you know, he, he shows personality more than what a lot of other guys do out on tour, right? So, and I think that's part of what you know endears himself to to a lot of the the viewers out there and a lot of the golf fans is that he does seem like a, a super likable character. He shows emotion. He shows uh, the, the personality kind of comes through, and I think he makes for an easy guy to root for. And and obviously, you know, the the the, the issues that he's had over the last you know two and a half three years, whatever it was, Hop, that you had mentioned, you know, really trying to find his game again. I mean, that that's a storyline that a lot of people can get behind. Say, hey, look, you know, he was great. You know, he kind of lost it for a little bit, and now he's starting to get it back slowly but surely. And uh, yeah, makes for a fun guy to root for. But you know, one one last storyline that came out of this tournament, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on it. Mav McNeely. You know, Jay Till will tell you, I love a hometown boy does good story. And this guy's about <laughs> a hometown as it gets as it comes to Pebble Beach. You know, I, I made jokes. We were texting over the weekend, uh, uh, me and uh, the guys here and Jay Till as well, about, you know, the commentary saying, you know, his dad wouldn't let him play the golf course until he was 16. I said, yeah, I was 18, <laughs> 18 before he could uh, uh, drive the yacht. And it was 21 before he could get on the private jet, which, you know, tongue, <laughs> tongue planted firmly in cheek by that. But I thought it was right. it was kind of an interesting awful. commentary. But, but, you know, tell me about, you know, Mav McNeely and, you know, again, another one of these young up-and-comers and and man he showed out on Sunday didn't he he sure did yeah I you know I've I got to see him I I went and followed the guys a couple years ago um around Pebble and I followed him and his dad um and you could tell he was just out of his element um he was maybe a year out of college um you know and I I really think it takes a few years for those guys to get comfortable out on tour that's not what, what Hovland and Colin Morikawa have done is not normal. And, and, and that's such a credit to them um, that, that, you know, I, I think a lot of people give them credit for. But, uh, you know, Mav is, is a little more traditional, you know, got out on tour, fell back to the Corn Ferry Tour, bounced around a few times. Um, so I think, uh, you know, is this kind of his coming out party? I, I really kind of think this is probably more of, um, he's comfortable in this environment, hometown, from the area, knows what, how, how to putt on the greens, knows how, you know, what the ball does in this type of air, stuff like that. Um, but it is fun to watch. I, I'm a math fan. I'm, I'm more of a Danielle Kang fan, his girlfriend. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> so I kind of root for him more just because he's <laughs> a little adjacent to Danielle. Um, but, uh, I, I, I loved him saucing it up on 18 a little bit. Like I said, you know, anybody that's going to be a little bit, you know, give us a little variety and, and, and entertain us, um, is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for. I totally agree. I mean, he's, he's one of the young and up and comers that I kind of keep my eye on as well. Mainly, honestly, what got me kind of to, to start watching him was just his name, you know, Maverick, Maverick McNeely, great name, you know, yep. I, and so, you know, where I feel like the golf memes missed the boat on is like that just like tagging Maverick McNeely and then just doing the the top gun, you're the one, you know, little little vote or like he's inverted we were inverted or you know, like doing something, man, you know, just with right. the with the with the top gun stuff. But um yeah, his golf I mean he, he, again, his home course, 
I, you know, somebody, is it true that he really lived on like 15 or like 16 or I can't remember what hole it was, but he like birdies the hole that is like bedroom overlooked or something like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's a cool story. And I, I agree. I'm not sure if he's there to just start taking on the, on D you know, DJ and all these other names, or if he's just, that was more just his environment, just really, really comfortable. So, uh, I think it's the latter of the two, but I, I'm rooting for him. Maybe if he is ready, I'll, I'll root for him on Sunday for sure. So, Yeah, makes for a great storyline. Again, yeah, that hometown yep. boy does good and uh, looking forward to following his career. And again, another one of those young guys, right? So another uh, another young up-and-comer for sure. But, well, well, guys, you know, I want to turn our attention. Again, I, I'll mention it one more time because J. Till will kill me if I don't. Daniel Berger. J. Till's Fairway Finder of the Week on YSO Dirty Birdies last week. So, yeah, kudos to you, J. Till. Uh, that's, 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 that's all all the credit we're going to give you on this. So, you got you to do it again. You got to do it not again. Hard so. to take the, not hard to take the favorite. That's right. Sun shines on a dog's ass every once in a while. That's that's what I've always heard. So, we'll, uh, we'll see if he can make it happen again. But, you know, a, a story came out this week, though, guys, and I want to get your thoughts on this. The RNA says that they are cautiously optimistic that the Open Championship will go ahead as planned in July. And and I think maybe it took me aback a little bit and, and maybe kind of reset from a perspective standpoint is that I just assumed that, well, the Open's going to happen this July, right? So, you know, obviously COVID, we know what was happening last year. You know, they didn't really want to reschedule it and so understood why they canceled it last July. But it's like, no, it's going to happen. And so it kind of, you know, again, it took me aback a little bit to say, hey, wait, is this tenuous? Is this, this might not happen here? But I want to get your thoughts on this. Obviously going to be at Royal St. George's, we hope, uh, the, this July. But but your thoughts on this story and, again, fingers crossed that we're going to get to have the Open Championship this year, right? Yeah. Uh, can I go first top? I think this is a total PR move. They're just coming off of a really good weekend with a really good uh, group of, of Pebble Beach. And now it's like, hey, let's get you start thinking about this. Of maybe it's not happening. <laughs> it's, it's what I'm hoping, right? I'm kind of, yeah. I want the open to happen. And so, like, let's make this a PR move. Let's like, oh no, there's really good golf going on right now, and we're not going to have the Open Championship. Oh no, but come on, we got it. We we've made some strides. I think you know from what I'm reading is you know the numbers are way down, especially here you know, can we play the open championship in July when there's going to be, I would think a lot more vaccines and a lot more everything, you know, I don't want to go into all of that, but we got to be closer to hopefully the better than it getting worse to where, yeah, it's definitely not going to happen. So yeah, I, I feel like, okay, it's okay to say that it's, you know, some optimism there to, for it to happen, but to have a full article and like breaking news for the open championship to maybe not happen in July. I think it's a PR move for people to start seeing and reading things about the open championship. At least I'm hoping. So that's my take hop your take. That's a super, that's an interesting take, my man. I do not have anything uh, that good other than, you know, Keith, I'm with you. That news is, is very surprising. I would have been, I'm on the boat where I'd be more surprised if it didn't happen. Um, so maybe Scotty's got a point there. Maybe they're just getting people talking about it because it's not at a course that normally gets as much excitement. You know, it's not at the old course. It's not at Carnasty, um, AKA Carnoustie. And, uh, you know, so I think, uh, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'd be very surprised if it didn't happen. And I'd be super bummed if we missed the open championship for two years in a row. 
Agreed. I can't imagine that they can't host it even without fans um, and and not being able to put something, especially with the, the European tours going on. It's not like the European tours can't yeah. tournaments, right? That's exactly right. And and just think about all the angles that we can get at Royal St. George that we've never seen, you know? And so yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, why, why, why put this out other than the fact of let's, you know, not necessarily put, you know, the fear factor into people's lives, but like, yeah. come on, like, it's July and you're, it's, it's not even March and we're, and we're thinking about it may not happen. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I'm hoping Hard it's just imagine. a PR, PR move to get, to get it out there that the open championships only, you know, is in July and you know, it's at the Royal St. George. So here we go. So yeah, maybe, but, Maybe toying, toying with our emotions a little bit, right? So, yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, you guys are right. You know, the the UK has had, you know, maybe more strict lockdowns uh, across the board than what we've been used to across the country here, but probably no more strict than what California has been doing. Obviously, we have Pebble Beach this weekend go off without a, relatively without a hitch. You know, we, our anticipation is for the Genesis at Riviera to go off without a hitch this week. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on the pod and preview that and make our picks. But yeah, seems, seems a little premature, right? I, I, it again, kind of, kind of interesting as to the, the the different types of strategic angles that might be behind this storyline, but yeah, it would seem unthinkable to not have the open for two two years in a row. Again, one of the uh, uh, you know again the, our favorite tournaments, right? So you got to roll out of bed here in the states and uh, flip on the TV and and watch golf in the morning and uh, in major Cup championship golf at that. Yeah, absolutely. So well, well, guys, you know, obviously we're big proponents, big fans of college and amateur golf here, and so I wanted to get your thoughts a little bit on on the 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 in-state women's programs this week. And so both Oklahoma State women and the OU women were in competition this this weekend, two different tournaments, right? So uh, the OSU women down at the Moon Golf Invitational at Melbourne, Florida, uh, while the, uh, uh, the 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 OU women uh, were at um, – well, wait, I got that backwards. I'm sorry, guys. So the OU women were at the Moon Golf Invitational while the Oklahoma State women were at the Heroes Ladies Intercollegiate uh, down in Sarasota, Florida in – I guess we have to start with Oklahoma State, right? I mean, the Oklahoma State women, I mean, they won this thing, right? So they tremendous performance oh, by the OSU women, right? So, Hop, I'll start with you, bud. So your, your thoughts on the OSU ladies. Uh, I, that's fantastic. I, you know, obviously their their program isn't as as well-known or, or solid, put up the numbers that, that the men's program does. So really excited to see them taking home the hardware um, and uh, hopefully they keep it rolling. Yeah, and the uh, the – they had the individual winner as well, uh, Maja Stark, uh, Oklahoma State. She she shoots a 15 under. She wins this thing by six strokes. It wasn't close, man. So she dusted uh, the uh, the competition there. And so Oklahoma State, great showing there. Not not so good for for the OU women uh, this past uh, weekend though, Scooter. So I I know I know you kind of follow the OU women a little bit as well, but they get out of the gates pretty slow here. Uh, a, a bad first day here, but they they end up finishing in 13th at the Moon Golf Interta- uh, Invitational down in Melbourne, Florida. Uh, just just couldn't overcome a, a bad first day. Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't get. I was so locked in on Pebble that I didn't really follow it a whole lot. But uh, you know, I'm just looking. You've got it pulled up, and I'm looking at the teams that they're facing. And there's a lot of teams that are south and east of them uh, in that <laughs> tournament. And so I sit there, and then the, that's kind of how I'm going to look at it. Is is like, wow, that's that field looks like it's tough and, you know, plus 17 with a bad, a bad first day, you know, it, you're kind of stuck behind the eight ball when you're playing against those teams that are uh, highly regarded as some of the best in, in the country. And so, you know, 
you know, hopefully they finished it out strong, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's tough and, and, you know, there's snow on the ground out here and I don't think there's snow probably in a whole lot of those other States that are in front of them, maybe Illinois, that's the only one that I see, but, uh, uh, you know, I just, you know, just keep moving on, I guess, go to the next week and, and hopefully it gets better. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully, they, hopefully they've got an indoor to hit some balls if they're back home. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Again, you mentioned it, a lot of SEC schools in this uh, <laughs> uh, tournament down at Moon Golf down in Florida. And obviously they're, they've got some really stout women's golf programs, men programs, uh, men's programs as well. But uh, the women's yeah. programs in the SEC are really tough. But, you know, speaking mm-hmm. of the men, you know, we thought we were going to get to see OU and Oklahoma State square off in a tournament this weekend down in Houston. The All-American Intercollegiate, uh, unfortunately, canceled, right, due to the weather. Again, crazy to think that we're not used to blizzard conditions here in the state of Oklahoma. They damn sure aren't used to it down in South Texas. And so this, this stuff got all the way down to Houston, Austin, San Antonio area and stuff. So understandable that the uh, uh, the tournament was canceled, but unfortunate because we were really looking forward to it uh, for those of us that follow in-state golf and kind of follow the amateur uh, rounds here as well. But now there was a report that Oklahoma OU's program, which is, is currently ranked number one in the country right now, they have, they have found a replacement program. They're going to play at the Seminole Invitational this weekend down in Tallahassee. But as of this recording here, I don't think Oklahoma State has named a replacement tournament uh, as, a, as of recording. But, again, they had a pretty jam-packed schedule to begin with. But, you know, we'll look forward here in the next uh, few weeks or, or the next month to where OU and Oklahoma State can maybe square off again. But, uh, yeah, a little disappointed that we didn't get to see that one. But, again, understandable uh, that, uh, yeah. that it didn't take place given the weather conditions. So, Keith, I've got, I've got to make a quick shout-out to uh, the uh, Southwest Christian University golf team. They, uh, they took home the hardware last Monday and Tuesday at – golf club of Houston where OU and Oklahoma state was getting ready to play. So they, they had some decent weather down there, went down there and took care of business. Um, and, uh, the individual title came back to Oklahoma city as well. OKCU, um, Oklahoma city University's uh, David Myers. He, uh, that dude crushes. He, he wins a lot of tournaments. Um, I would not be surprised to see him on tour one day. Very cool. Very cool. That's nice. I think that Tulsa, the TU women's program, won a tournament this past week as well. So, again, we talk about it all the time. You know, we are absolutely blessed with the college golf programs in this state. I mean, by far, I mean, I I don't know. I'll be willing to toot our own horn. We have more uh, legit college golf programs in this state per capita than probably any other state. So I I think that we've got a tremendous uh, slew of golf programs uh, at the collegiate level here. And so, yeah, again, kudos. Shout out uh, to to Southwestern there, as you mentioned, Hop, and then shout out to TU as well. So, again, big uh, big win for them too. So It starts uh, with the amazing junior programs and high school programs around here. I, you know, I've been living in Oklahoma city for, for three years and, and was just blown away at how good and how much support the junior programs get down here and the high school teams. Absolutely. Uh, just blown away. Absolutely. And, and if you're super interested in college golf, again, uh, Jay Till and I, we, we just had a few uh, really good interviews with Oklahoma state's uh, men's head coach, Alan Bratton, and then both uh, the uh, the head coaches of the OU programs, men and women, Coach V and Coach Hibble, uh, those are out there on the website. So go check those out. Follow, like, subscribe. Uh, we posted those, I think, last Thursday and this past Saturday. Again, weather wasn't so good, right? So you might as well kind of stay in and watch uh, watch golf on television and listen to some uh, uh, some podcast interviews with the OU and Oklahoma State program. So still trying to, trying, trying to get some of the uh, other programs across the state kind of lined up uh, as well. But obviously started with OU and Oklahoma State 
And we hope to uh, cover a lot more uh, college uh, programs in the uh, weeks and months to come. So, uh, yeah, wh- uh, you, you guys absolutely killed it on those, by the way. Uh, it's not easy to give an interview. And the way that you guys set up some of those questions and let them just kind of go, and they kind of and they took them and they and it just listening to those stories on both of those podcasts, it, it's phenomenal. So if you really if you're listening to this and you haven't heard those yet, you got to go check them out because there's some really cool stories and they break down the walls. They're not just coaches talking. Uh, you actually get to hear and and listen to them as you know what I call human beings is kind of like the way they tell the story and not just in a coach mode of answering questions. So uh, great job by uh, you and JT uh, on that. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you go check that out, fantasysportspros.com. Or, again, follow us uh, out there on Twitter or certainly check us out on you know anywhere that you can find podcasts, right? So whether it be uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, whether it be Spotify, all the uh, the archives are out there, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, go check those out. Uh, those were a lot of fun to do. And, again, appreciate Coach Bratt and Coach V and Coach Hibble being so gracious with their time on that. But, but again, I want to get into something that we always like to call the fairway files. In, in our man, Jay Till, we know that he is a big golf fashionista, right? So he, he's big time from a golf fashion standpoint. And there was something that came up at Pebble this weekend that certainly got him tweeting out, certainly got him texting us amongst the group uh, text thread that we're at. And, Hop, you know, I think you may have some hot takes on this as well. Your, your, your boy Akshay, yeah. the joggers, the, showing the ankles, man. So now uh, hoodies are one thing, right? Cold weather, I can yeah. get behind that. But the joggers, I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about this. You know, well, you, I'll, I'll start off with you. Give me, give me some hot takes on this, bud. Well, I do want to hear. I do want to hear your your take on it, Keith, because you know everybody. It's fashion, so everybody's got a different opinion as to whether it looks good or whether they'd wear it. It's not something that you'll probably see me wearing the the joggers with the cuff. I do have a pair of joggers that that come down to the bottom, but they don't have the the long pinched in cuff like like what Akshay was wearing. Um, for me, I did not think he pulled them off. Eric Van Ruyen. He can pull them off, and I think it's it, it's about uh, it, it it's about how you pair it with your shoes. And Akshay, he his shoe his feet might be a little too big. It, so it looked like clown it, shoes, right? It looked a little disproportionate. Yeah. So when the pants were pinched in and the shoes were too big, and he was wearing a contrast of black pants and white shoes, and the shoes just looked too big. It might have just been bad on TV, maybe look good um, in person, but I didn't feel like he pulled them off. He looks so good in tailored pants um, that uh, I, you know, I, I love that he, that he went for it. I, I like, you know, the guys that show a little bit more emotion. They're not as robotic. I, I want a little variety. Not ev- I don't want everybody wearing joggers out on tour because, like I said, it's about, you know, making sure the pants fit and, and look proportionate. Um, but, uh, Eric Van Ruyen, if, if you haven't seen him, he looks fantastic. He can pull the joggers off really well. I tell you what it is, hop. Here's what it is. Yeah. Cause I'm a guy that wears joggers. You can ask JT on our Sunday thing. Yeah. I've wore the, I wore the joggers before they wore the joggers. <laughs> here's, what, here's how you pull off joggers. You gotta have calves and the, and the 18 year old doesn't have calves. His legs are <laughs> tiny. He's skinnier than I am. <laughs> which make his feet look bigger. You gotta have calves, man. You gotta have I was, shape. The joggers gotta have shape. It's not just this little 
twigs coming down from your waist, man. Do your joggers have the cuff that I'm talking about the, that that pinch in? I mean, around you the know, it's like he his, he's wearing Grayson joggers, and the Grayson joggers have about a three inch. The pant comes down, and then he's got about three inches of cuff. I think your joggers only have like an inch of cuff. Yeah, that's probably about right. Um, it was noticeable. So that, it was definitely the cuff was noticeable. Yeah. yeah. No. It, yeah. yeah. It, it pinched it, and so the the pants kind of balloon a little bit, and then there's the 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 pinch, and and the yeah. shoes look look too big. I love like disproportionate for me. I love the joggers. Um, I hope more people wear them. To be honest with you, here's what I didn't like, and I don't want to go off topic. I couldn't stand Cantley's uh, beanie. It was too like bit. I don't know. It was just. It. I was just like that. Doesn't look good on you, Cantley. Like it's because it's I don't know. white. White. White <laughs> makes you look bigger. And it, it was. It was too big. I, I saw. I saw it. I know what you're talking about. And I'm like. And I'm sitting there like you know we got snow on the ground out here. It's negative ten. And I'm watching Cantley with a beanie on in Pebble Beach. Like, dude, it yeah. can't be that cold. Your ears can't be that cold. But no, Jason Day's wearing the mittens too. And like, I'm like, come on, guys. We. We got to get a little tougher, you know. <laughs> oh, Cantley's can't, can't, can't a SoCal boy, though, right? He's a SoCal boy, not a no yeah. Northern California boy. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, uh, yeah I, I love the joggers. Well, you know, Keith, I, what about you, man? Yeah, I was, I was gonna, I have to echo Scott's sentiments here, and, and what I was gonna say is that you, you got to have some booty to pull pull the joggers yeah. off. Right? You got to have a little junk in the trunk, right? So you, you can't have that flat booty and trying to pull those joggers off. So so Scott Scott said calves. I agree. There has to be some contour there. And, and Akshay, bless his heart. I mean, he he's he's pretty 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 small guy, right? For a thin guy, I should say. Yeah. And, oh, and again, just made made the shoes stand out and look like clown shoes to me. That was the only thing I could I could I couldn't get over it. It's like, man, it looks like he's wearing clown shoes, man. He has some big old yeah. feet and these little bitty ankles, little bitty calves all the way up. So so yeah, I, I'm I'm not necessarily against them, but I, I think you got to have the right uh, right contours, if uh, if you will. Yeah. Got to be. You know, I will say this. I'll give up my calves and my booty to hit a golf ball like he does. <laughs> yeah, Scott, you know, Scott, Scott, Scott and I are a little more voluptuous than you and Jay Till hop. So we get, we get some more curves to work with on it. We, we can pull some of that stuff off. I think. That's right. So. But props to Akshay for, uh, for, for not only going for it, but also playing well and having, and having a good tournament. No doubt. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't have status on tour. Um, you know, it's really hard for those guys that don't have status to earn it. Um, but, uh, good, good to see him up there. I think he's still got a long way to go. Um, but, uh, you know, now that I've got, got the positive points in, I'm going to go back a little negative. I've got another issue with a fashion that I just saw today and it's from Riv's past defending champion, Adam Scott. He posted a, a swing today where he's at, everybody's starting to, you know, post their, post their practice rounds out at Riv and, and that's getting me all fired up. But he looked. The color of his sweater was so atrocious today, and his new his sponsorship with Uniqlo has got to go. The, lo- <laughs> the red logo on everything is so obnoxious. It's it, and he he's such a good looking dude. So and dreamy, he, so dreamy. Uh, and so, like, I I my question to you guys is, would you take less money to be with a brand that you care more about? 
Yeah, I, I would like to think that I, I've got some uh, some scruples in in some uh, uh, constitution you're draw as a line somewhere. Yeah, 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 as, yeah, as it comes. Now, are we talking about you know the difference of fifty grand, or are we talking about the difference of a couple million or something? You know, there there are. I mean, I <laughs> I, I have my points to where I would probably wear anything uh, if the money was but, right. But uh, but yeah, I would like to think I would go with something that I like, feel good in, feel like I look good in, uh, regardless yeah. of the money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he still I he still looks great. The logo is just so obnoxious for me, and and it's it, it's always bright red, and so it just throws off the rest of the colors. Um, it, not that he, I, I think he has to completely go away from Uniqlo, but just how they design their clothes and and, and the logo is just a way too obnoxious. Um, I I I would I feel like, man, if somebody offered me if he's getting a hundred thousand to wear, and I don't know what what number it is. I mean, I'd take, I'd, I'd go wear Grayson for 50. I mean, I'd li- I'd take half. Yeah. I, I think there would be a point to where I would, uh, I would have to, uh, bend my will uh, for the right amount of money. But, uh, but I think you're right. I tend to agree with you there, Hop. Scott, your take on this, man. So what your, your thoughts on this from, from a fashion standpoint or kind of wrapping up? I mean, have you seen Adam Scott's, uh, uh new, new logo, new gear? No, I was just looking for it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm excited to see it. I'm, I'm curious because, I feel like that guy can pull off anything, uh, you know, little clothing and whatever, you know, uh, the guy is like, I think, uh, Hopper, you said is just, uh, he's a good looking dude. So, uh, I'd like to see what it looks like if he can actually not pull that off, but, uh, it's on his Instagram page. Check his latest it, 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 him on the first tee. Very iconic. I'll get into it once we get into rib. I hey, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get a poll out there hop and, and we'll get, we'll get our listeners to kind of chime in on this, uh, whether, yeah, uh, whether Adam Scott's pulling it off or not. So we'll get should, a poll should going. He dr- should he drop unique low? Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll get a poll going after this pod. So, yep. well, well, boys, you know, I want to get your thoughts on, and obviously we're going to, we're going to bring Jay Till in here in a moment for a couple of pre-recorded sessions here, but again, he's on yet another boondoggle down in Florida. He's playing a little place called the winter park nine. And, and Scott, I know you've got thoughts on this and I'll, I'll throw it to you here in a second, but I, I wanted to, to get Jay Till's first chime in here, uh, kind of give us a report on Winter Park 9, and then I'm going to get you guys' thoughts on it. But here is Jay Till. All right. I'm here with Cody Fisher, a.k.a. the Big Fish. What a lovely walk we've had today around Winter Park 9. We're our third loop right now. Yep. Walking up hole five, got Joan and Dan Havacamp uh, playing with us. but. From Pittsburgh. What are your thoughts on WP9 after, uh, what, two and a half loops so far? Uh, absolutely love it. It's a blast. Greens are great. Um, of course, it's in good shape. Layout's really cool. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Man, fun is what it is. We have uh, really outdone ourselves. Had a nice little lunch over at the Briar Patch. Wrote it off on the Keith Needham, uh, you're still out account, which is always nice. What's your favorite hole so far? Um, probably number four, either number four, the par five, or number six, the short four. Both of them are really good. Yeah, a lot of fun on number four. You got to get it around that bunker first. So, uh, all right, we'll catch back with you guys in a bit. 
those sirens that you guys heard in the background there were me calling about my stolen uh, credit card. So they, they were actually coming to, to lock JTL up right there. They, they well done. <laughs> snuck off with the expense account there. $11 mimosa charges on there. <laughs> Absolutely. 14 of them too. So uh, those guys are having a good time. We'll, we'll hear about the, uh, the good time a little bit later here as well, but, but hop out, you know, Cody Fisher. So you've got a story there. Kind of, kind of tell us about this guy and uh, how did JTL get hooked up with this guy down at winter park? So Cody's a guy that, that, uh, you know, met online and, and uh, he's a transplant to Oklahoma city, just like I am. And uh, so just turned into one of my good golf buddies and it, he's got an awesome story because he's got three daughters and him and his wife, they made the decision last year um, to sell their house in Edmond and live full time out of an RV and travel the country. They were already homeschooling their three daughters. And so he can work from wherever. And so they are just traveling the country, um, you know, for the foreseeable future, um, living in, in different parks and, and hitting up lots of different state parks. And so he's getting to play a lot of golf all over the place and he, he can follow the sun and, and, and dodge this ice and everything. And, uh, you know, it's just really cool to see him and JT uh, cross paths and, and meet up and play. And, and I know they've played a few times back here in Oklahoma city, but um, you know, just a, uh, cool to see somebody doing something a little unique to uh, the normal nine to five grind and, and uh, traditional uh, way of life. Very cool. sounds like a, a future YSO podcast guest to me. So we'll have to have to get Cody on. So now, now Scooter, yeah, Scott, I want to get your thoughts on here. You've actually played winter park before, so it's been a few years ago now, but kind of, you know, kind of dust off the memories here. What do you remember about winter park and, and what can you share with us, bud? Yeah, uh, I think the last time I played it was 2017. So uh, my mom's parents moved down towards Winter Park, Winter Haven, Lake Wales, Orlando area. And so whenever we would go down and do the whole Disney World or just hang out with Grandma and Grandpa and stuff like that, my dad being a golfer, we'd go find some golf courses. And we ended up playing this one quite a few times. Um, it's such a cool course. Um the, and they kind of hit on it in the little talk, but the biggest thing that I remember are the sand traps, man. It's just, they're like, I guess the word I would use is embedded into kind of the greens. It's like your ball can actually be like up and underneath like the green. And it, it's just wipe out cool greens. It's a really cool little course. Um, the scenery is pretty cool. It's, there's a couple, I remember the churches, uh, there's a couple churches like right there on the course. There's streets like like you heard the sirens uh, going by, and it, it's just it's not the typical little floor. I don't know. I never felt like it was the typical little Florida course that you would normally play. Uh, there's some trees on there. Um, I never felt like you were hitting out of the sand and the in the rough area. Um, it was more of actual rough grass, and it's just a it's a fun little time and I know they've done a lot of work to it. Um, and they, they've kept it up really well. And I'd be interested to, to go back and I'm excited to hear more of what, uh, JT thought about it as well. Well, we do JT. He checked in one last time. This, I think this was later on in the afternoon. sounds like he had a couple of pops in him by this time, uh, boys, <laughs> but, uh, he, here was a uh, JT signing off from, uh, from winter park nine earlier this afternoon. Yeah, I need to smoke a cigar or something. Give me my good voice. JT is a professional podcaster. All right, so we're here with, uh, I think it's fair to say, natives. natives. Not, not even not even locals, natives. Uh, Casey and Jordan were uh, waiting somewhat patiently on 3T. 
Guys, tell us a little bit about uh, Orlando in the winter. We hear it's quite nice. You know, you've, you've heard correct. It is quite nice. Uh, let's see. It is, what is the exact date? It you is. better know the date. My birthday It tomorrow. is. Happy it, birthday! Hey, hey, I'm sorry, Jordan, I'm going to step over here. Okay. Hey, happy, happy birthday, Casey. One day before uh -huh. the 17th. Uh, Michael Jordan's birthday. Did you yep, know that? Yep, I of course know. You did. And Paris Hilton. And Paris Hilton. Uh, We're a Chicago Bulls fan. So. Oh, a huge Chicago Bulls fan <laughs> myself. So um, tell us a little bit about Winter Park. What's your favorite eating spot here in Winter Park? Um, Agave Azul. If you guys haven't been to the Mexican restaurant on uh, down Park Ave, it's so good. I don't know if it's on Park Ave, actually. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, it's delicious. They make a mean, spicy margarita. Um, Jordan likes the Dos Equis pork carnitas. You're welcome. It's an insider tip. Okay. We'll be all over that. I got to ask you, tell us a little bit about uh, your assessment of Jordan's bunker game on the last hole. <laughs> Garbage. Oh wow. man! And any rebuttal? Any rebuttal? Yeah, she's. It's valid. It's valid. valid yeah. All right. So uh, I mean, at least she didn't throw in hot garbage. For the it for was just garbage. It's cool garbage. Wouldn't have hot been better though? No, nah, I don't want hot garbage. Hot garbage is always worse. So uh, for the listeners, just a quick. Uh, what are we looking at here on number three? What are we looking at here at number three? We're looking straight down the alley here. We got some trees on the left, trees on the right, but it's pretty much straight. Uh, I don't know the exact yardage, but. You know, golf hit one long and straight. You should be fine. All right, Cody, let's see it. Definitely want to hug the left side of the fairway. Now, there's a lot to unpack there, boys. So, <laughs> uh, there. JT as a professional podcaster, right? So the, the intro coming into this to where I don't. He must have been lying to these people, telling them that he was a professional podcaster. Now I, he's a professional podcaster. A podcaster. I don't know if the pro has anything to do with it, but a revelation there about it, he's a big Chicago Bulls fan as well. So I don't. I don't think our Thunder fans are going to like that around here locally, here boys. But again, sounds sounds like a couple people had some pops on that one, right? It did. It sounds like he uh, was having a good time. I don't think he's really worried about his score. And uh, it sounds like he's going to say whatever the people want to need to hear and more than uh, what he really feels. Cause he's, I've never heard JT ever say that he's a Chicago Bulls fan in my <laughs> life. Well, and you you are a Chicago Bulls fan, at least. I mean, you, you kind of grew up in that area, right? Or at least yes. before you got, you were transplanted into Edmond, right? So you've got a Chicago right. tie, so I'd cut you slack right. for it. My good. Well, well, happy hilarious. happy birthday to Casey first and foremost. Right, she sounded like a like a lovely young lady, and, and uh, uh, they were they were having a good time uh, down there at Winter Park. That's for sure. So we'll we'll get the full you know kind of scoop from Jay Till whenever he comes back from this boondoggle next week. And again, uh, he, he's going to come back just in time for the temperatures here in Oklahoma City to uh, to get back to sixty degrees. So uh, he <laughs> finds finds a way to uh, to make it happen uh, and times things right in that regard. So now now one last thing. From the Fairway Files, boys, quickly that I want to get your thoughts on here before we move on to our preview of the Genesis Open. Indoor 18. Now, we've talked about it. It's been super cold this week. I mean, like record-breakingly cold here in Oklahoma for the last, what, 10, 8, 9, 10 days, whatever it's been. It's going to be almost two weeks whenever it's all said and done by the time we get to the weekend. So I want to get your thoughts. And, Scooter, I'll start with you. Indoor 18 or maybe some other tips and thoughts that our listeners can do whenever the weather is is too bad to go out and play. You know, what can you do from an inside standpoint to maybe work on your game? Yeah. Uh, so, indoor 18, uh, I was on the fence. Um, went there, I think, last Tuesday or Thursday with uh, 2G himself, Chad Ford. 
Uh, he and I went and played. Yeah, I think it was when, no last Wednesday. Um, we went and played. Uh, we actually played Pebble Beach, um, getting ready for the AT and T. You know, we went ahead and it's really cool. Um, Chad and I, for some reason, and I don't think it was reading our uh, swings correctly that day for whatever reason. I'm we sure were that's only what hitting was. our drives like 164 yards, which you know <laughs> it's, it's close, but it's not right. Um, but you know, I we had a really good 190 easy. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank I'm you. But, but uh, I came, I came down from being angry about that and just enjoyed the day. Uh, actually going Thursday um, with a buddy of mine at, and we're going to go, we're going to go play it again. I don't know what course we'll play, but we've got a, and they, they were packed. I mean, I called and they were like, no, we're completely full. And I actually ended up talking them into letting us go at seven 15 on Thursday. So they are uh, taking advantage of this weather and getting, he's like, dude, we're like 10 days full packed every single day. So talk to him, talk to that guy today. But when Chad and I went and played, it was kind of cool. Uh, the group next to us was the men's team from Southern Nazarene. They were in there getting their swings on and kind of talked to them. Actually got a couple tips from one of the players. So uh, it was kind of cool getting to do that. But um, I am fully uh, now big time, Love indoor 18. Glad it's here in Oklahoma City with what the weather looks like out there today. I can get in there and at least, you know, try to remember what my hacky swing looks like. So uh, totally, totally in on indoor 18. Hop, what about you, bud? So what what do you kind of do to kind of, you know, keep fresh or kind of keep in rhythm whenever this weather is so bad? You know, any tips for our listeners out there? You know, you've got a silky smooth swing, and, and I know, you know, you're a pretty salty player. I played with you a few times. You know, how do you kind of combat this cold weather whenever you can't get out and swing it on the course, bud? Um, you know, I pretty much the traditional stuff. I've got a net set up in the garage, and I've got a mat. Um, I, re- I really feel like I find that that hurts my game more than more than anything else working on hitting a bunch of full swings into the net because I can't see how the ball is reacting if I can't see how it's curving and where it's going where it's starting out then I I really don't I don't want to groove a bad swing in Um, and so I I usually just work on pitching and chipping um, just making sure I find the bottom of my swing Um, so I do a little bit of that in the garage and I also have you know the traditional putting in inside in, in the house. My wife, I'm not allowed to hit balls in the house after the incident in 2018 where I took out the ceiling. Um, <laughs> the incident. <laughs> That's fantastic. No more full swings in the house, uh, at, at least with a golf ball in front of me. Um, but uh, I am allowed to putt still, even though she's, she, you know, stepping on my balls and, and, and putter cup. She, she, you know, I still get yelled at every once in a while. Um, but I do take advantage of indoor 18 as well. I, I, I actually had a tea time for me and my wife tonight. Um, at the same time, when you asked me to come do this, I, I gladly, uh, bumped it to Thursday. So oh, we, we've got a little date. We've got a little date night Thursday, indoor 18. So we're no, we're not getting paid for this. No, you know, we're getting free ads here. Um, but I actually, uh, you know, we do go, uh, check out indoor 18 every once in a while. Um, I like taking whenever I get a new club taking it there and comparing it to my old clubs and, and figuring out, you know, Hey, you know, what, what's this spin doing? How far is it going? What's the trajectory like? Um, I haven't had the issue that Scott had. I think it might, could have totally just been a fluke thing. They are getting really busy lately. I noticed trying to schedule a tea time. Um, so if you're looking to make a tea time and go to indoor 18, do it early. Um, Cause when the weather's bad, everybody in Oklahoma city is going there. There are a lot, 
the golf community here in Oklahoma City is huge. Everybody plays golf, and it's tough to get tee times. No, that's awesome, man. Again, that, that level of commitment, man, moving date night – uh, to, to account for the YSO pod. I mean, I mean, I, I've got, I've got JT, you know, he's just running off to Florida and playing golf and just, you know, not, not, you know, he's calling it in and stuff. So I, this is the type of level of, of commitment that I need with the YSO pod here. So well done to you hop. So coming for your job, JT. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, well boys, you know, we're up against the hour mark here, so we've got to get into it. What's going to happen this weekend, right? Let's preview the Genesis invitational, obviously at Riviera country club there in, in Pacific Palisades, LA, right? You know, it used to be the old LA open. We think about the history of this tournament i mean it's an absolutely gorgeous setting you, you guys alluded to it earlier the dreamy handsome adam scott in his ugly sweater is the defending champ uh it's an absolutely stacked field boys we've got dustin johnson john rom uh, justin thomas xander shoffley rory colin morikawa bryson brooks kepka i mean it it's 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 the probably the stat, most stacked field that we've had, obviously, coming into the 2021 season, which maybe isn't saying a whole lot, right? We're still early into the golf season here. But, I mean, this is a major championship type of field here with the uh, the, the guys in the top 10, top 20 that are going to be making appearances at this tournament this weekend. And so, you know, let, let's jump into it, boys. And, and, you know, first and foremost, Scooter, I mean, I, I've got to get an update here. The YSO Dirty Birdies, I mean, you've got it up. It's it's up and running, right, on DraftKings right now. So kind of kind of give us a recap. Who who won last week, and then what are you kind of expecting this week, bud? Yeah, so last week, uh, Brian Petty actually ended up winning. It was like BD Petty 16 or something like that. Uh, he's an Oklahoma City guy, um, play golf. He's my, he's my in at Oak Tree um, to go play Oak Tree. So, uh, he ended up winning it and beating uh, S. Anderson six, who was the leader from the get go on Thursday. Just absolutely was just running away with it, and then Petty caught him when he had when uh, Berger I think ended up being winning it and getting those points got him above Anderson, who lives in Kansas City, uh, who can get us on some pretty cool, uh, pretty cool courses up there in Kansas City, but. Uh, um, but yeah, I think I finished fifth JT finished fourth, obviously picking the fairway finder of the week was burger. So Teal was 100% correct yeah, on yeah, his, yeah. his call in. I'll give him the credit there, but he finished fourth, which also wins the same amount of money as the guy that finishes last. So that's right. Um, <laughs> which, which, team, which wasn't me. I don't think I finished last. I was pretty close no, to last not. though. You did not finish last. It was a guy from Wichita, um, <laughs> that finished last. And, uh, you know, he, he kept DJ on his team and never went back in and, and made that change. So you gotta, you gotta make sure you're on top of your roster. Sometimes these guys back out last minute. I think actually burger backed out today. Did he not? Um, think if you look at it i don't think burger's playing in this now he withdrew he partied too hard this week yeah he yeah. withdrew so spending that money he's not he's not <laughs> playing so if you had burger on your roster you need to go in there and change it but it's a lot of fun um my i think my big one this week i took dj i spent the money and just took dj as my number one golfer and uh I, you have to in my opinion it's just the guy is just playing out of his mind but my one and two were dj and finau so uh, who finished one and two in Saudi Arabia against each other. So um, 
you know, I'll take those two. But yeah, it's a cool, cool little thing. About Eleven minutes doesn't take very long to listen to. So absolutely, bud. You get you and Chad do a fantastic job on that. I think I may be making a guest appearance this week uh, with the Fairway Ooh, Finder of the Week. So kind of you are correct, and I really look like ahead. Your pick. He's not on my roster, but I really like your pick. All right. Well, we'll hop. You know, your thoughts on Riviera? Maybe, maybe just an over. I won't make you make your picks yet. We'll get into that here in a moment. Okay. But kind of an overall preview, an overall expectation uh, for what the uh, Riviera Country Club is going to give us this weekend, bud. Yeah, no problem. I, you're always going to get stud field. It, it Because it's such a shot maker's course, it's usually an elite level champion that, that walks home with the trophy. Case in point, Adam Scott wins last year. Um, fantastic ball striker. Everybody knows the swing is fantastic. Um, and so there... I'd, I'd like to, you know, for the for the listeners at home, when you're watching this tournament, watch three holes. Watch hole number four, hole number six, and hole number ten, and how the guys play those holes. Um, ben Hogan called hole number four the greatest par three in the world. It's a 236-yard redan, sloping right to left. You cannot put it in these bunkers around the greens. They're so deep that you're dead. Um, it, it's not an extremely long course, but you've got to be very precise off the tee. So that's a fun one to watch. Really tough hole, 236. That's that's long even for those guys. Um, the second the second one I want you to watch is hole number six, and it's another par three. Just because it's kind of fun, it's a unique hole. It has a small bunker in the center of the green. Okay, so so you get some interesting shots there, and then the last one, hole number ten. It's 315-yard drivable par four. Um, so you see guys taking everything. It's a, you know, it's a hole where you get to see some strategy, seeing three woods off the tee. Um, a lot of guys are going long in the trees, and the green is really narrow back to front, very shallow. Bunkers are guarding it, and it's really tough to get up and down. So those guys are driving it up around the green, and they're grinding just to make par. So you've got to hit some really good shots to get birdie. Some guys are hitting long iron, leaving them a wedge in from, from way off to the left. Um, it's just one of the more fun holes that, that you get to see guys play it in different ways. Love it. Love that analysis. So four, six, and ten, right? So those are the holes we got to keep an eye out this weekend. I guess really starting on Thursday, right? So I know we'll be tuning in watching it Thursday, uh, but a lot of our listeners will be. That's right. Yeah, it's still going to be below freezing uh, come Thursday and Friday. I think maybe Saturday we might start to get above freezing, and then Sunday I think we're going to be in the forties. So um, yeah, we might be out playing Sunday. That's right. That's right. So well, well, guys, we want to check in with Jay Till one more time. Again, we 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 couldn't hear the end of it last week uh, or after Sunday, given you know his pick, Daniel burger end up winning the pebble beach and so we'll give him honors here and here is jay till with his four picks for this weekend at the genesis invitational all right guys dialing in remote here gonna go through my picks which i think are going to be stellar once again can't say enough about the dark course of the year from last week math mcneely how about that got some intel about the house off the 15th hole but again we don't want to look backwards we want to look forwards dark horse this week sam burns plus 11,000 guy's been striping it lately can't see how he doesn't make a run here top 25 make a little noise cut maker our man honest abe answers back to party tequila branded hat in la what could be more on point give me abe answer for my cut maker surprisingly plus 8500 the odds makers are lost this week don't know what's going on top 10 how can you not go to the scandinavian scant 
Vic Hovland going to go off at, um, I think it's a plus 3,400, according to the odds that I'm looking at. Love Vic for a top 10 this week. He made some noise out in Saudi. He was drowned out by DJ. But let me tell you, don't be surprised if come Sunday he's in the final group looking for the win. But ultimately, we got to go with the serial killer himself, Pat Cantley. You guys smell that? Whiffs of a home game from Pat Cantlay, UCLA boy, plus 1,600. Going to win this week. Going to look like one of the favorites going into Augusta. There you have it, guys. feel good about these, as I do every each and every week. Hope you guys are enjoying the snow. We will be back with you very soon. Yeah, if, if he wasn't obnoxious to start with, I mean, yeah, I guess he, not only did he pick Daniel Berger last week, he also picked Mav McNeely. He got the runner up as well. So uh, we're going to have to hear about that for a while. So uh, Sam Burns, Abe Answer, Vic Hovland, Patrick Cantlay, those are JT's four picks. So so let's go in order here, boys. Let's start with Dark Horses. And again, for our listeners out there, remember Dark Horses are 100 to 1 or greater odds on that front. So, so Hop, let's start with you. Who's your Dark Horse pick for this weekend, bud? My dark horse is Brendan Todd. Uh, you know, I've got, I, I built a fire yesterday. I looked into the fire and I saw Brendan Todd, dark horse, riding a dark horse, been watching a lot of Game of Thrones lately. Be Todd. Love it. Love it. Uh, Scooter, who you got, bud? Who's your dark horse this week? Give me uh, Luke List at plus 19,000. Uh, you know, he tied for 10th at the Farmers. Um, he's made the cut here at the Riviera four of the last five appearances. I just see him making some moves here, and uh, he's definitely, definitely my dark horse. I'm going to go with the guy at plus 19,000 as well, Scooter. Give me the dude. Give me Charlie Hoffman. He he played well uh, at Pebble Beach this past weekend. Maybe his game started to come around. Uh, it was actually, uh, you know, I think he's had a couple withdrawals here over the last uh, uh, few months as well, but maybe he's starting to get healthy and uh, getting right at the right time. And so I like the dude. Give me Charlie Hoffman at 190 to 1. So, so we'll go snake order here, boys. So, Let's go Cutmaker. And again, Cutmaker is kind of those guys in the, you know, 50 to, to 90 to 1 range, uh, give or take. Uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State's Matty Wolf. And again, at, at plus 8,000, so 80 to 1, I'm with Jay Till. I think it's such a stacked field that you can really get some value on those guys that are a little further down the board right now to where all those guys at the top, you think about your DJs and your John Roms and stuff, I mean, they're all up there uh, with, with really a short odds. But I think you can get some value a little further down the board. So give me Matty Wolf. I know he's kind of been hit and miss. Uh, obviously had a big summer last summer after we come back from COVID. I think this is the week that he gets his game right, and uh, I like Matty Wolf at 80 to 1. Uh, Scooter, let's go with you, bud. Who's your cut maker this week? I'm going Henrik Norlander. Uh, you know, four consecutive top 26 finishes. Is This is kind of the best run of his career, and I don't think it stops here at uh, Riviera. And, um, I, you know, he's just – he's playing really good golf. So, that's – give me Henrik at plus 13,000. Yeah, again, great odds there, great value. Uh, Hop, how about you, bud? Who is going to be your cut maker for the weekend? My cut maker is Joaquin Neiman at four, plus 4,800. He's a ball striker. He's finished second in his last two tournaments, um, and uh, he's 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 fresh, playing really well. I like Joaquin. 
Well, Hop, let's stay with you, bud. Your top tenner this week, and you get a familiar face, one of the favorites up there near the top of the leaderboard. Who you got for your top tenner? Uh, I've got JT as my top 10, arguably the most consistent player on the tour right now. Um, I looked his last seven tournaments. His worst finish was 13th, which could make him do for, for, a, for a goose egg. But he, he has been playing so well this year. Um, I had a hard time not, even, not picking him to win, you know. Um, JT plus 1,300. I think he's a safe bet to certainly make the cut. I don't think you have to worry yeah. about a goose egg. So he'll probably be in contention on the weekend, that's for sure. Scooter, who yeah. you got, bud? So now I'm starting to you, – you may love Scandinavians more than, than our man Jay Till does here, bud. Who you got? I can't believe – I almost want to, like, pick somebody else just because I don't want to ever agree with JT. <laughs> um, I tried to argue with him as much as possible. But I will agree with him that the pick is Victor Hovland here at plus 3,400. The guy is four, has four top six finishes in the last five starts. Um, the man is playing out of his mind. I think we're about to see him play his best ever golf, and uh, it's a lot of fun, and I think that's really, really good value, plus 3,400 uh, for Victor Hovland. So that's who I got. Love it, love it. Well, the, the listeners of this podcast know that I have a big man crush on Xander Shoffley, and and I'm not going to, uh, to stop. So I, I, I'm going to go with the X-Man plus 1,500, 15 to 1 odds uh, as my uh, top tenor. Uh, again, he, he's always going to be there. He's always going to be consistent. The the big question mark has been when's he going to break through and win one of these things. Maybe it's this weekend. Maybe it's not. But uh, I do think he's going to be in the top 10 whenever it's all said and done. So give me the X-Man at 15 to 1. And so for my winner this weekend, boys, I did a little deep dive here and kind of, kind of went into the stats and the past history of Riviera. I got to go with Bubba Watson at plus 4,300, 43 to one. This man has won this tournament three out of the last seven years, right? One at 14, 16 and 18, I believe. So uh, I, I like Bubba Watson here at 43 to one as my pick to win the tournament. Again, big lefty. Uh, he's going to shape some shots in there and he's going to be in contention on the weekend this weekend, bud. Well, I absolutely, I absolutely love that pick. And I'll tell you what, Keith, if Bubba Watson wins this thing, I will take you to the ranch and I will buy you dinner. Whoa! Oh man, and and I, this this is this is on air. This is on this air, is not, Scooter. And I'm not talking trash. I'm just saying I want that to happen. Like I want that to happen. I want Bubba to win this thing and just be like, you know what? This is my tournament. Cause that's what he's going to get to say if he wins it this year. Hey, at courses 40, for it, courses, right? Yeah. At 40, 43 to one, man. So I, I might pick up the tab at 43 to one. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a few shekels on this one. I, I'm feeling confident All that right. Bubba's going to be in contention. So I only feel right. If we, if Bubba wins this, we got to go to the ranch. We'll figure out who gets the tab, but I did say it. So I will pick it up if you want me to. Love so, it. Well, well, speaking of winners um, here, Scooter, who's your winner for this weekend, bud? Yeah, you want to talk about man crushes. I have been absolutely dominating some protein shakes all week, getting ready for Bryson DeChambeau to absolutely take this thing. Plus 1,700. The guy playing here, he finished 41st in 2017, uh, T15 in 2019, T5 in 2020. There's not many more you can go up from there. So why not just put a number one next to his name in 2021? Bryson and his protein shakes take this baby home. Love it. Love it. Hop, who, who's your pick, bud? Who do you think is going to be bringing home the trophy this weekend? That's a really good pick, Scotty, but <laughs> not so fast, my friend. <laughs> I've got Colin Morikawa at 3,400. I know we're big on hometown favorites here on this pod, 
and Colin's an LA guy. They're playing in LA. You know, Rory's known as the crown prince of Ponte Vedra. Colin, after this weekend, he's going to be the lord of LA. Yeah, I, I, you're right, California boy, right? So we, we think about uh, uh, what Morikawa has kind of done here uh, out, out in that state, right? So with uh, some yeah. of the uh, the events that he's won out there, uh, and Boys so major that's at right. Harding Park went, that's to, right. went to college out there. Yeah, he's a Cali boy. Yeah, so the, the, you would think that this would have fit well for the hometown boy does good with Morikawa there at Riviera. So we'll, we'll love the picks, boys. Again, uh, appreciate you guys joining us. Now, I want to give you guys some plugs here. So I, I know you guys are active on Twitter. I know you're active on Instagram, social media. Uh, Hop, I'll start with you, man. How can our listeners kind of get out there and follow you and some of the cool things that you're doing on social media, bud? Uh, follow me at the Drone Looper, um, And, uh, you know, I – Obviously, uh, fly my drone a little bit, uh, work with a couple golf courses, um, big fan of Dornick Hills and, and like working with those guys. Um, and, uh, you know, I just do a, a little bit of, uh, video work here and there really just fun stuff with, with me and, uh, my other golf sicko buddies. But, uh, so, uh, if you want to follow me, the drone looper, uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Love it. Love it. Scooter, man, you're active out there. We, we, you gotta give us, give us some love, uh, for the, uh, bringing the heat podcast as well, bud. So yeah, throw it out yeah. there, man. What's that Twitter handle? How can our listeners get at you? Twitter, Twitter handle is at Scotty G 21. Uh, do have a YouTube, uh, podcast. It's not actually golf related. It's more baseball related, I guess you'd say. And, and watching me, uh, destroy my throat and stomach line, uh, eating spicy, spicy foods. Um, so it's a good time. Bringing the heat is what it's called. If you just go to YouTube, search bringing the heat. Um, and then Instagram is sgurs31, S-G-U-R-S-S 31. Uh, come check it out there too. But at ScottyG21 on Twitter is probably the most you can find me at uh, doing some doing some funny things. So, but yeah, uh, JT, really thank, thank you for having us, having us on and, and me on. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you know, bringing the heat that that is that's some entertainment, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, because some of the hot stuff that Scooter can take down, like it is, it's it's insane. So there there is no uh, no holds barred whenever it comes to the hot stuff. And again, I'm I'm still trying to do some internet research here to find some of the stuff that's super super hot. Maybe something that you haven't had before. The problem you you've had so much of it, man. So I'm trying to find yeah. something on the list what, that you haven't had. What is the hey. hottest thing you've had, Scotty? Uh, so I did the Death Nut Challenge, which is 13 million Scoville. Um, which I think what I understand is pepper spray is 1 million Scoville. So 13 pretty much pepper sprays, you know, going down my throat. And, uh, but yeah, so on Valentine's day, my wife brought home a bunch of, uh, like it was, I don't know, hot sauces. Uh, and so I just think she likes seeing me in pain as well. Um, and trying out all this new hot sauce stuff. So, uh, I enjoy it though. As long as it tastes good, I can handle it. If it doesn't taste good, it, it's more that than the spice. That's What's awesome. Your brand of toilet paper. What do you recommend? <laughs> <laughs> He's a Charmin man, an right? So. <laughs> <laughs> Triple oh. one. Man, yeah, you got to, you got to. Yeah, the the, the next next day is probably a, a little a uh, little tough, Scooter. Baby, so there's no baby wipes. <laughs> Well, on that note, boys, I think we're going to end this pod and get out of here. So, uh, again, appreciate you guys joining me. Again, the weather's bad, so you you guys are, are troopers kind of coming through here uh, via Zoom and over the interweb. So, so appreciate you hanging with me here and riding shotgun for the hour. But, you know, I will say, we'll give a plug to Jay Teal, right? So you can follow his personal account at Jonathan Teal. That's J-O-H-N-A. 
T-H-A-N-T-E-A-L, or follow the new Twitter uh, account for YSO Pod, right, at YSO Golf. Uh, you can kind of uh, uh, hear about everything that we're doing there, and obviously we'll be posting this pod uh, here uh, shortly on that front. So, well, gang, while this will wrap it up for this episode, remember that the conversation does not end here. To keep it going and also keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Take care, everyone. Stay warm. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, get out there and enjoy the walk. (laughs) 